A good Monday morning, and thanks so much for taking some time to spend with us. What a nice start to the day, too. Again, we are we are getting promised beautiful weather. It's coming. They're telling us plus temperatures. Snow actually off and on for much of the province today, and I feel like people don't even care. People are happy. The snow is coming down. It's a little more mild out there than what we saw over the last couple of weeks with that cold snap and puts people in a good mood. But it does get us thinking about roadway safety. That's an important part of of any day in Saskatchewan, but I think January snow and ice really contributes to that. SGI always work to try and help us avoid costly crashes because they want to find a way to prevent you from, number one, getting hurt, your insurance is you know, being affected, and any of those types of things. Here to talk about this is Tyler McMurchy, the spokesperson for SGI. He just recently has been talking about this kind of way to avoid a collision, and he's come in today to, uh, to share his knowledge with us and remind us of a few important things. Tyler, thanks for coming in. Hey, I'm... Great to be here with the new voice of uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Although, you know, the chief of talk was right there as a tagline, and well, they didn't use that. They wanted to shake the, ch- the chief thing, I <laughs> <All> think. <right. laughs> I like it, though. Tyler brought me a gift to the 2324 Saskatchewan Drivers Handbook, which is, you know, I'll report back tomorrow once I get through this. But uh, it's always a good brush up. Is this... Can we ever talk about this enough, roadway safety? Some of this stuff, I know it's basic, and yet... We all drive every day and we're guilty of not following some of these rules. Well, if we stop talking about it, I don't know what I'd do for a living. <laughs> Good point. Good point. We, uh, we think it's always important to uh, keep your focus on, uh, on the importance of driving and uh, the importance of driving safely. Right. And one of the things that we're doing uh, this month or in the next couple of months really is to uh, talk about how we can avoid collisions. And we, we talk about this all, all the time, but we're kind of framing it in a little bit of a different way. You know, we often talk about the collisions that injure and kill people. So you hear us talking about impaired driving a lot. We're going to continue to do that for right. until it's no longer a problem. But there are lots of other things that lead to a collision that may or may not injure you. I mean, 85 to 90% of collisions that make up our major collision statistics don't result in somebody being hurt. But... They are a cost to you, uh, an inconvenience to you. Um, they obviously cost uh, all drivers as part of, you know, who, who uh, contribute to the auto fund. Uh, um, they, they cost money that way as well. But just the, the convenience, uh, the inconvenience that it leads to any driver to, who has to be without their vehicle for any period of time and, and, and the potential danger as well, because many of these collisions can le- potentially uh, injure you. So when we talk about how to avoid a collision. And we've kind of issued a little how to guide on how you can avoid a collision, looking at some of the major factors. We're talking about things that might save you some uh, money and, and, and will definitely keep you safe. And, and keep your, your, your car on the road. I just last week, I can't even tell you the number of people, and I'm sure you're the same who were dealing with dead batteries and whatever. Having the lack of a vehicle when you're used to having a vehicle is a huge inconvenience. And, and, you know, a battery, for all intents and purposes, can be swapped out and fixed in a fairly short time. You get in a car accident, you're without a vehicle. It can have huge implications, obviously. It, it sure can. And, you know, when you're dealing with especially temperatures like this and, you know, Saskatchewan's population is widely distributed. You know, we do obviously have a number of different options in, in the bigger cities, but uh, maybe uh, in the smaller centers, not as many in right. terms of uh, public transit or, or taxi or Uber, obviously, is not not available everywhere in the province. So, for some people, a vehicle is what they need to get to work, get to school, uh, 
get their family to uh, medical appointments super important in in a place like Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's we we've talked about this a lot. This this discussion comes out in the discussion about even electric vehicles and there's lots of nuances around the importance of vehicles in the Saskatchewan way of life, uh, a rural based and I, and I would even argue for someone like me who grew up on a farm, when you move to the city, you're used to having a vehicle. You're used to having a nine-minute drive to town or a 15-minute drive to the store. And so driving in Regina, like I've never thought about riding the bus just because I've grown up with kind of that culture of needing a vehicle, owning a vehicle, and driving a vehicle. Yeah, so. and I I understand people who uh, are very enthusiastic about cycling or public transit, you know, we're not looking to trigger anyone here. Yeah, no, but, no. But, it's... but for a lot of people, they, they they drive their vehicles, and so we have to live in the the, the world that we live in. And it's important to, to just understand that you know if people are going to be using the roadway this way, how do we keep them safe? How do we keep them out of trouble? Tyler McMurchie, SGI spokesperson, my guest today. All right, so you've got I count four uh, pretty basic rules that you like to talk about, but each one I'd like you to give us a little bit of in, insight as to why it's important. Yeah. So we, we, first of all, what we did was when we were talking about how you prevent a collision and how you are, avoid being responsible for a collision. Um, we looked at kind of what are the major factors that lead into that? So, uh, first of all, we, we're going to talk about intersections. Now intersections don't cause collisions and they're not a human factor, but there were almost half of all collisions take place. Uh, more than 40% of all collisions take place in intersections. And so when you look at, as you're approaching an intersection, what are some of the other factors that might result in an intersection or in a collision there or somewhere else? Failure to yield, driver distraction and inattention, uh, excessive speed, following too closely, and how do road conditions then play into that? And how do you adapt to those road conditions? So those are kind of how we've grouped the, the, this how-to guide. And, and so looking at each of those factors and what do you do to minimize your chance of causing a collision when you're in that situation. Right. You, I know SGI, and I'm thinking back to my policing days, used to fund intersection safety initiatives, just focusing on intersections and intersection safety for that very reason. Yeah, and one of the things that we do all the time as we are constantly working with law enforcement in terms of uh, both the awareness, partnering on awareness, but uh, also um, even funding uh, additional police uh, traffic enforcement positions mm-hmm. uh, and, and equipment as well, like those automated license plate readers you see on the, on the top, those little scanners you see on the top of uh, traffic enforcement vehicles. Um, most of those in the province have been funded by SGI and those help uh, keep suspended drivers off the road and, and determine if somebody's driving around without a, a, an actively registered vehicle. Chatting today with Tyler McMurchie, SGI spokesperson, and kind of four essential ways to avoid crashes this winter. Just talked about being mindful at intersections. Road conditions is another big one. Yeah, adapting to road conditions, and particularly during this time of year when you you might d- drive the same route to work every day, but that doesn't mean you're driving the same road. And and what do I mean by that? Maybe it snowed overnight and the crews haven't had a chance to uh, get out there. Maybe um, the uh, visibility that you're dealing with is reduced because of fog or because of uh, heavy snowfall coming down. So you might have to adapt to those road conditions. And so what does that mean? I mean, very simply, uh, it can mean reducing your speed, adjusting your following distance. We always talk about following distance as that three second rule, but that's in ideal conditions. So we're speed limits. Those are for ideal driving Mm -hmm. conditions. When conditions aren't ideal, you reduce your speed and you increase your following distance to, to adapt. And then 
getting a feel for the road and determining how your vehicle is going to perform as you're approaching an intersection. I mean, I think we've all had that sickening feeling when you slide through that intersection because you didn't yeah. realize there was a little bit of uh, a little less traction. And that's a that's a horrible feeling that nobody should ever go to. So go through. So if you're approaching an intersection, that means you're braking early and braking gently to make sure that your vehicle will come to a, a complete stop and you don't a- end up sliding through that intersection or smashing into the uh, the person who stopped already. You know, I think part of it too, and I remember talking about this uh, when we're, you know, I do a talk to a group on roadway safety. A lot of it has to do with how much time you're a lot, like your schedule. We all know almost to the second how long it takes us to drive from our home to work. And we, even on an icy day or the first day of winter, we, we think it takes us that same amount of time. And I think, you know, planning your schedule accordingly can make a big difference that too. That is an excellent point. And one of the things that I always like to say is safe driving starts before you even pull out of your parking spot or, or pull, out, pull, pull out of your driveway. And if that means leaving a little bit early to give yourself that extra time so you don't feel that pressure to drive fast so you can get to work on time uh, faster than you should, I should say. Yeah. And so uh, just adjusting for the, the, the conditions that you're going to see, checking the highway hotline, listening to uh, the, the, the forecast and your media uh, outlet of choice and uh, determining how okay, do I need to leave early? Do I need to make sure that my vehicle, am I going to have to take some time to make sure that my vehicle is fully cleaned off? So I'm not just clearing off that little porthole in the front <laughs> on my front wheel and windshield, but clearing off all the glass and the, and the, uh, the lights and the, the front and the back as well. And making sure that you're not creating that rolling mini blizzard when you've got a big snowfall on your, uh, on your vehicle. Focusing and eliminating distractions is your third point. You've already kind of touched on that, but that that's huge. Yeah, we talk about distracted driving a lot because it, not only is it one of the leading causes of collisions overall, it's one of the leading causes of injuries and historically uh, has been a source of a lot of uh, fatalities as well, unfortunately. Right. And, and so it's not just like we always think about distracted driving as being your phone and it's not just your phone. I mean, obviously selfies and swiping and talking and texting can be very distracting, but think about the other things that could potentially distract you because there are, um, you know, a million potential distractions when you're behind the wheel and you couldn't write a law that focuses on just one. We have the law that's specific to cell phones, but then there's driving without due care and attention, which is the other distracted driving offense. And so thinking about what that could look like for you, whether it's two handing a burger or uh, looking behind you at the at the toddler in the back seat who's uh, making a fuss, or a, a pet jumping on your lap, mm-hmm. or applying makeup as you're driving. You know these are unsafe while driving. And so when we talk about uh, distracted driving and driving without due care and attention, we 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 always say keep your focus on the road, and everything else can everything else can wait. Just drive. So when you're driving, just drive and do what you can to minimize those distractions and make sure that the the passengers that are in your vehicle know that you need to keep your focus on the road. So maybe not having those emotional conversations until you arrive at your destination or, or maybe um, handing over your phone to them and making sure that they can respond to messages or, or take phone calls or handle the navigation. These are some of the ways you can minimize distraction and keep your focus on the road. Good stuff. Tyler McMurchie, our guest today, SGI spokesperson. Last one is such a basic principle, but it deals with speed. Yeah. Again, we talked about a little bit earlier, speed limits, not speed suggestions. When you see those numbers on the sign, that's the fastest you're allowed to go. And that's under ideal road conditions. And if conditions are less than ideal, which you might be seeing on your commute today, you have to slow down a little bit just to, to, to adjust for that. Here's the thing about speed, and it's pretty basic. I probably don't need me to tell you this, but 
The faster you're going, the less time you have to react. And the faster you're going, if you do cause a collision, the more severe that collision is going to be. Speed is a significant factor in, in collisions. It, it's one of what we have called the big four. So when you're talking about safety, um, uh, it's impaired driving, distracted driving, uh, speeding, and, and not wearing your seatbelt. Those are some of the things that contribute to injuries and fatalities. Right. But collisions overall, it's also a significant source of, uh, of collisions. Driving too fast for the, uh, the conditions or exceeding the speed limit. Good stuff. Tyler, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I've got a couple other things I want to chat with you about in terms of impaired driving. I've had some conversations with a couple of our police partners who talk about drug impaired driving is actually on the rise, which is not a trend we want to see. We'll talk about that. I have some photo radar enforcement questions for you. So if you're good to stick around, we'll be right back on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. see how frank does that tyler gets yeah he, he's very good that way you know it's a car theme we're talking about safe driving and frank's likes to slide in fast it's the classic version of that it's song. the classic version that's right tyler mcmurchie is my guest sgi spokesperson so actually off air frank we were talking about the the number of accidents that happen in our province involving wildlife because i'm a rural saskatchewan guy i drive on those those grids all the time it seems inevitably you see a deer in the off the side of the road it's a common thing but in some cases, hard to avoid. Yeah, it, there are things you can do to reduce your chance of being uh, in a collision, and we like to call them collisions because there are very few accidents. Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, not to correct <laughs> that's you. a cop. That's a cop thing. I yeah. think. Right. Uh, Sorry. But uh, there are things you can do to reduce your chance. But in some cases, when you a driver could do everything right, and uh, when you're in a collision with a, a moose or a deer. It's Bullwinkle or Bambi's fault, not the driver right. who did something wrong. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do uh, with the stuff that we were talking about in the previous segment was just how can you avoid being responsible for a collision? And it, it, in some cases, uh, it's it might be better to hit that deer than to veer off and, and hit the ditch. Mm -hmm. uh, as sad as that might be to be, to, to say. We've only got about five minutes left, Tyler. A couple of things I want to talk about. Impaired driving. Um, we had a couple of... I'll call traffic police officers, uh, traffic cops, for lack of a better term, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about the fact that drug-impaired driving seems to be becoming more of an issue in the province. Yeah, the the numbers that we're seeing on the enforcement side yeah. sure, certainly bear that up. More drivers are getting caught with uh, by exceeding the provincial limits for drug uh, drugs and driving, which uh, there's zero tolerance. So if, if any driver uh, tests... Uh, on one of those roadside oral fluid devices, which are now widely available to police, right. um, you're going to get at least a suspension. And uh, depending on the level of impairment, what the, the police officer is seeing, they, they might go further and, and uh, um, go for criminal code charges, depending on the outcome of a drug recognition evaluation. Um, what I would say to that is it's a very much a function of uh, strong enforcement when we when we look at those monthly numbers that are reported, yes, we've been seeing those suspension numbers, those roadside suspensions coming up almost every month, and it's driven by the drug suspensions. They now exceed the alcohol suspensions for the provincial, the short-term suspensions. Criminal code charges, we're still seeing more on the alcohol side. Um, what we also want to uh, understand is how is this going to be affecting our the collisions, the injuries, and the fatalities that result from impaired driving? We haven't seen those come up to the same degree. And so when you're talking about our roads getting safer, well, if we're taking impaired drivers off the road before right. they cause that collision, before they cause that injury or, or, or death, to me, that's making the roads safer. So uh, we're seeing 
excellent work by uh, your former colleagues in, in law enforcement in, and prioritizing impaired driving and uh, import, impaired driving enforcement particularly. What you just talked about actually leads me to believe, I mean, the fact that we aren't seeing an increase, a large increase in the number of accidents caused by does speak to the fact that police are getting more comfortable enforcing it, I yeah. think is where it comes to. And it's more, more knowledgeable uh, right. in terms of uh, training, uh, more availability of those roadside oral fluid testers. So it's not like everybody just started using cannabis when it got legal in 2018. What? <laughs> I know this might be news to it's you as a former chief of police. Me. Yes. But uh but more people are getting caught. I mean, obviously there might be more people using it. Might might be more people not understanding that you're not allowed to drive under it. But I think uh, the more you're going to see people getting caught for it, understanding that I'm going to get my vehicle uh impounded for 3 days, my license suspended for 3 days. I have to take a weekend course and I get uh, demerits as a result of just even a, a brief roadside suspension. Right. That's a consequence of uh, driving while high. Tyler McMurchy, SGI spokesperson, my guest. We've only got about a minute left. Uh, photo radar. Are we going to see an expansion of that? We we saw initially, of course, it stepped into the province. It's in a few locations, not just in some of the big cities, but in on our roads as well. Will we see that expand? Well, it, it's possible, but there are no plans that I'm aware of. Uh, so, how that works is there is a, a committee uh, made up of representatives from the provincial government, from SGI, from SUMA, SARM. Uh, there's also uh, um, uh, Indigenous uh, representatives as well. And they would evaluate any community that would have uh, that uh, wants to bring photo radar, uh, photo speed enforcement to their community. Now, you have to make a really strong case for it. And that's why it hasn't really been expanded beyond what was uh, first found in the initial pilot phase. There's been only one additional location, and it's a, a intersection outside of Waka, a highway location. Right. Other than that, photo radar hasn't expanded. But what I would say about how we do photo radar very quickly is in Saskatchewan, it's not a secret when you're entering one of those photo speed enforcement zones. There's, there's very prominent signs, and the goal is not to generate revenue, not to write a ticket. The idea is to slow down, calm traffic, and make sure that drivers are obeying the speed limit in those areas. Unfortunately, some drivers ignore those signs, they speed past the cameras, they get a ticket, but when they do, the revenue from that ticket is reinvested in traffic safety initiatives. And we, uh, over the course of, since 2019, when the program became permanent, $10 million invested in communities across Saskatchewan from the proceeds of photo uh, speed enforcement towards traffic safety initiatives. Good stuff, Tyler. We're out of time. I really appreciate you coming in. We were just chatting off air. I think maybe getting you in with some traffic uh, cops from different agencies in the province for a roundtable of justice in the future, because people might have an SGI question that they could throw out your way. That so. sounds super cool. I'd love to do okay, it. Okay, we're going to keep that in mind. Tyler McMurchy, SGI spokesperson, and our guest this morning talking about the work that they are doing to help you avoid crashes this winter. You can go on the SGI website to find out more details on that. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.